This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. If you're an entrepreneur looking for business insight and inspiration, be sure to follow us on all major podcast platforms, our YouTube channel, and social media. With us in studio is Heather Bame, a certified business coach who partners with entrepreneurs to gain business clarity and accomplish their goals. Heather, welcome back to the show. Always happy to be here. Good. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Michael Goldberg, the president of Efficient Fleets, a company that provides GPS tracking and video cameras for businesses. Michael, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mark. I'm glad to be here. We're also going to talk with Nate Keir, the owner of a True Blue Home Services franchise, a handyman and re- home remodeling service here in the San Antonio area. Nate has a passion for helping seniors and the disabled stay safe in their home. Nate, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's great to join all you guys. And that's a very true statement. I remember when we first met and we talked about your business, um, that that was a major decision-making factor for you when you got involved with that. So it's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to chatting with you about uh, that digging into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Let's do it. So Heather, um, business coaching. Um, it's great to have a business coach on the show. Um, I know it's getting close to where she's going to be probably taking over certain aspects of the show and doing introductions and all that. So how are you liking the new podcast platform and everything that's going on? I really like it. I like the the conversational aspect that we can have on the podcast and really get the insights from the entrepreneurs and business owners that we have on here themselves, instead of it feeling like, you know, they have to hit certain points. It's really, we can flow through a conversation and find the nuggets of what's working for them and what's not. And it seems to work really well. Yeah. And I think because it's different than a radio studio, everybody's a little bit more relaxed. They seem, that's the feedback I've been getting from everybody. They're like, this is a cool space and it feels more comfortable. <laughs> it does. Right. So what do you think? Sorry, no, I didn't mean to no, that's, uh, what were you going to say? I said sitting lower, you know, versus being so high before. Yeah, that's true. It makes it feel a lot more relaxed. I like the look of the studio stuff, though. And you got mm-hmm. the sound guy working in the background. I like all that kind of stuff, too. But podcast studio is kind of nice as well. Yeah, it feels like, I mean, we just have more creativity and like more freedom to do whatever we want here. And I think the space reflects that, too. Just the look, the feel. I mean, it's very modern, cool. Yeah, and you guys had a hard time finding it this morning? Yeah. <laughs> hard to find. Bit. A little bit, right? Well, you know, the bar was right in that store, so oh. it's like, should we go to the studio or the bar? So, yeah. <laughs> early bird special, I think. <laughs> All right, so what do you guys think of the new branding for the Let's Talk Business stuff? Looks pretty good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty yeah, sharp. That's good. Cool. Oh, yeah. I like the colors. Yeah, yeah me too. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's a nice change from the other one. So I'm rebranding everything, of yeah. course, on the pod, on the uh, YouTube channel and everything else. So, all right. So um, when it comes to uh, folks out there trying to find us uh, on the internet, uh, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. If you're a business owner and you want to be on the show, then just reach our office at 210-960-8210. That's 210-960-8210, or you can visit our website, satalkradio.com. All right, so Michael uh, is going to be first up on the show. He's the president of Efficient Fleets, a company that provides GPS tracking and video cameras for businesses. So, Michael, we're going to talk really about this interesting topic. I didn't even know you guys did this, but you guys actually track equipment. So what's the deal there? 
Yeah, so we track uh, com- uh, trailers, heavy equipment, uh, you know, things like front loaders, bulldozers, stuff like that. So, you know, it's really mainly about theft. Uh, you know, they want to know where this, you know, if it goes missing, they can find it quickly. And, uh, and then, of course, the other side is just keeping good inventory, knowing where all my assets are. Uh, sometimes, you know, you, when you have a lot of assets, uh, it's easy to miss one. If you have 100, it's easy for one or two to kind of not be stolen, but they just be left on a, on a job site. And you don't know where it went. Um, so those are the, the big motivations. But really anything that, uh, that's got power on it, any kind of heavy equipment, uh, we track it. So. So it has to have power. Um, it has to have power uh, for our, our hardwired trackers, but we actually have a battery-operated tracker that can work on things that are, that don't have constant power. Um, so we can put a battery-operated tracker on that as well. But it's got to be large enough. It can't be, you know, we get asked a lot for things like um, attachments to our tools, heavy attachments. But those are not really appropriate. That, that's kind of they get damaged too much. So. Well, if you use a battery one, how long would that last? Good question. The batteries can last, uh, the manufacturer says five years. However, that really Whoa. depends on how long, much you use it. So the battery one, typically, uh, the way it works is when the equipment starts moving, uh, it'll update every 20 minutes. And when it stays stationary, it updates twice a day. Um, so if you move it a lot, it's going to update a lot, and the battery will last less. So, you know, the more you use it, the more, the more uh, the quicker it'll, the batteries will go away. But I would say most people experience 18 months to two years of battery life. Uh, but something that's stationary and really hardly ever moves will probably get you five years. Okay, but how do you know when the battery's low? So you'll get a, an alert on your system that will tell you that the battery life is getting to about 10%. Okay. And then you can go out and change. And they're double A lithium ion batteries. So that makes it very easy to change. You know, you can just go buy them off the shelf and, and place them. Something. And is this something that y'all monitor or is it up to the business owner to The monitor? business owner, yeah. Yeah, it's self-monitoring. So, Is there an app for that? Yeah, there's an app for it so they can track it from their phone. And of course, they can always call us. You know, if they say, mm-hmm. hey, Mike, you know, I'm too busy. I'm trying to find it. Can you help us out? And then we do that for them. But they typically monitor themselves. They're, too, they're trying to find the equipment? Trying to find the equipment. So, you know, things happen like we had a trailer went missing several years ago. Um, so the, the, the customer actually called us. They're busy trying to call the police. They're running the business. Uh, we were able to find it for them, tell them where it was, and uh, and then send them the, the you know a snapshot of the map so they could get to it and, and go find it right away. He could have done the same thing himself, but, you know, he's kind of pulling his hair out and, and going crazy and managing a million things at once. So, um, but they, that's what we do for them, so. Has anybody stolen any of the equipment you guys have been tracking yet? Oh yeah, so like the the, equi- the the tracker or the the equipment itself. Stole the equipment itself. Uh, well, it happens, you know, frequently. You know, we've had uh, the trailer I just mentioned. Um, they stole the trailer. They actually found the trailer uh, in a yard. I think it was somewhere uh, south of San Antonio. It was in the middle of nowhere, and they were actually able to find it. Uh, the sheriff deputy pulled up, and the guys who had stole it were totally surprised. Um, they, they were still no there. Idea. They were still there. So they caught them, which is rare, um, but they caught them there. Um, you know, we've had vehicles stolen. Uh, one example, a good customer of ours, a moving company, uh, the truck was stolen. Uh, he tracked it himself, and so he was able to find it. He called me just to make sure that things were working correctly and he wasn't misreading it. Um, and it was correct. Uh, we were able to locate it. It was parked at an apartment complex, you know, deep on the on the south side somewhere. Uh, they called the police and went out there and recovered the truck, you know, within, I guess it may have been gone six hours, something like that. So, um, you know, and then, of course, there are customers that never call us and tell us those things, that they just recover it themselves and move on. Mm-hmm. But those are two examples, and it happens, you know, quite a bit. I always wow. feel like that yeah. equipment is so big. I just look at it, I'm like, nobody steals that. It's too big. Yeah. But where there's a will, there's a way, I guess. Well, today, you know, uh, 
this wasn't as big of a deal maybe four or five years ago, but theft, I think, with uh, with an increase in construction, um, there's just so much going on in the construction world. Um, it's hard to get equipment because of delays of you know COVID supply chains, things like that. So the equipment's becoming a lot more valuable than it ever was. And uh, so they're just stealing it. They're able to get to it a lot better. Um, or there's more motivation, I guess, to take it. So that we're seeing just an increase in, in that type of uh, activity, unfortunately. So. Now, did you allude to the, the fact that people can steal the tracker? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so explain. So the, you know, the, uh, um, the, the thieves that are, you know, the more professional ones, you know, they're looking for it right away. Um, so they kind of know where where to go, and so they're they're the ones that you know can can take it and remove it. Um, you know that's that's a problem. So we have ways to hide them and try to make it harder to find. Um, you know when things like cameras, you know we sell cameras. Um, we've had several incidents where people have broken into the truck and they take the camera right off the windshield and they throw it away and then they, they try to take off with the truck. Um, so that does that does happen and, and uh, but it's it's uh, it, which is which leads to the to a good place to hide it. So we want to hide it well. We want to secure it. Um, and make it hard to, to get to um, so that they don't take it off right away. And that has to do a lot to do with installation and, and uh, you know, where you place it. Do you guys, so, who would work with the cops on that type of situation? Is it the owner or you Usually guys? the owner calls them. I mean, we don't typically call the police for them. I mean, we could if they asked us to, but we typically mm -hmm. don't, don't do that. It's them that are calling the police. And we'll provide them the location, the maps, um, but they're the ones doing it themselves. Since it's really self-monitoring, um, they, they really are the ones that are talking to the police directly. What were you going to ask me? Well, I was just thinking, so, you know, obviously your products are helping reduce theft mm -hmm. as well as re-obtain re, uh, materials that were theft. Do, you, do your clients, do they see, um, like, insurance premiums go down and so forth if they have your products in place? They do. On the, on not so much the theft, but on the tracking the vehicles. Tracking vehicles and track with cameras, a huge a huge decrease in, in, in insurance cost for that. Um, you know, every the insurance always wants you to have the tracker on there. Um, you know, because they like it. You know, just in case it gets stolen. But it's really not um, it's really not what they're asking for. Um, they're asking you to put it in the truck and and put cameras in, and that's going to be the biggest reduction in insurance premiums. They want to get the you know if you if you can recover your equipment quickly and not have an insurance claim. And that's your biggest, that, that's right. a big benefit yeah, that's to huge. you. And then you get to, you, you, your downtime is a lot lower because now you got your equipment back and you get back yep. up and running. And that's, which is, is all they really care about. They yeah. want their stuff back in good working order so they can get back to work. You can't just go buy this <laughs> stuff off the shelf, you know, these equipment typically, you know, it's, yeah. it's something that's a, usually specialized. So. Nate, do you have equipment that you use in your business that's big equipment, like trailers <laughs> uh, and other we stuff? Don't, we don't have big, heavy, heavy-duty stuff like I think what his business is. But, I mean, we do... You know, all the guys have their own trucks, of course. And so there, there's definitely some benefit to being able to track, you know, you know, my guys, my technicians are out there, right? There's just benefits in just being accountable, right? So keeping yeah. my guys accountable, are they showing up to jobs on time? Are they, are they leaving? Are they clocking in when they're supposed to clock in and so forth like that? Mm -hmm. So there's, I mean, I'll get a, you know, a question today, like, hey, did, did, it, did Andy show up on time today? Is he there? Is he doing the job, right? So mm -hmm. as an owner, it's great to have that level of accountability for your staff. So those are so. your trucks that they drive during the shift? Right now, we no, they have their own vehicles. Their own vehicles, but yeah. yeah. Well, at some point, we'll, we'll get our own. Yeah, we can put well. chips in their neck or something. <laughs> there just you track go. Them. I think that brings like an interesting factor there because it's not just theft that you guys are, are trying to prevent. You're also tracking efficiency in some Absolutely. of these these big systems because a big thing that I talk about with business owners is if you're going to make a massive investment in your business, 
you want to see that return on investment at, at the highest level possible. It's, you know, it's one thing to just make money and it's another one to make the maximum amount. How does that work with tracking the efficiency of these systems? So when it comes to equipment, you know, it's, a, it's about, you know, there's a couple of things. One is, um, you know, how much you're using it. So, you know, you can evaluate if you have a large fleet of, of equipment and um, you could say, well, gosh, only 20% of the equipment is used all the time or something like that. And then kind of have an understanding that maybe we get, need to get rid of some equipment. And we don't want to see people go away to cut off tracking. But, you know, that's a big bonus to the business is that, hey, we only need 80 pieces of equipment instead of 100 uh, because we're only using so much. And you can tell that by how much they're being used because we track the engine hours of all the equipment. And so when you can calculate the engine hours and you'll know, hey, this is being used so much and, and so forth. So that's a huge, you know, uh, you, you know, um, utilization. Um, the other is preventative maintenance. So, you know, heavy equipment is just like vehicles. They need to be maintained on a regular basis. And when we can track the engine hours, most of this is done by engine hours, not odometer values. And so, you know, when it's time to change oil or do whatever preventative maintenance you have to do, you know, that's huge. And that can really save the equipment and keep you up running for a lot longer. And, uh, you know, that's a big deal. So those two factors are probably the biggest efficiency, you know, accountability, um, you know, aspect to, uh, to heavy equipment. Yeah. And well, oh, let's talk about cost real yeah. quick. So how much are we talking to put these trackers on these types of vehicles that we, we started with? Not the cameras, but the trackers. Oh, the, yeah, on the heavy equipment. Yeah. On the heavy equipment, um, so, the, so the, the tracker itself, oh, there are two types. We have, if it's a waterproof, if we have a, a situation where we cannot install the tracker, you know, in an enclosed area that's protected from the rain, um, then we have to use a little heavier duty tracker and that's $175 for the tracker itself, for the heavy-duty one. Um, if there's a waterproof location where we can install it, um, then we can use our vehicle tracker, and uh, and then and then that's $100. So that's that's inexpensive. And the monitoring is $17 a month, no matter which tracker you choose. So $17 a month, no contracts, hmm. so they can cancel at any time. And that's that's pretty much it. Then the installation um, really can range from anywhere from 85 on up to 100, 125, depending on how difficult that is. Heavy equipment is is not like a vehicle. Um, it's sort of a case by case, but it would range anywhere from 85 to 120, $125. You know, so it's pretty affordable. Yeah, it's really affordable. And what I love about it is it, it, it's not just, you know, telling you when you may need to get rid of a piece of equipment. It may be also saying when you need to direct your activity toward finding work to utilize the equipment. If you're not using it a lot, if it's just kind of sitting there, how do I go out and find business that will allow me to use this equipment and is it going to give me the funds I need to justify it that clarity is humongous especially in such a high cost industry absolutely I like the way you approach that too you didn't say looking to cut you look at looking to grow For sure mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. different mindset you know, renting you can rent it out and, yeah. and monitor through a rental you know yeah. we do a lot of that as well so for people that rent out their heavy equipment um, they can monitor it they have the whole package there so cool so, um, Michael, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, they can get a hold of us at efficientfleets.com online or at 888-777-4510. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate Thank that. All right. Next up on the show is Nate Keir, the owner of Tr a True Blue Home Services franchise here in San Antonio. Uh, that's a handyman and home remodeling service here in San Antonio. Nate has a passion for helping seniors and the disabled stay safe in their homes. So, Nate, this is your first time on the podcast. And I remember when we talked way back in the day, you chose True Blue Home Care Services, right? Yes, yeah. Um, on purpose. So what's purpose. that story? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm an engineer by trade. So I was an engineer for about 22 years. I uh, worked for a tire company. 
uh, Cooper Tire, and, and did all types of roles uh, from design work to testing work and management and so forth. But uh, eventually kind of just got burnt out with corporate life and said, hey, I, I want to do something different. Uh, I want to help people. Let's figure out something that, you know, goes with my niche of skills and so forth. And so uh, I found this this franchise, True Blue uh, Healthcare, and uh, just really spoke to me. Um, one, just from a, you know, a handyman remodeling standpoint, you know, I have a lot of those skills. I built my own house. So I felt comfortable doing that type of work. Um, but just to focus on seniors specifically. Um, and then when I found out some of the issues with seniors in terms of their fall rates, the hazards that they're, they're in their home with now, it's just, it's kind of mind boggling. And so I was like, man, there's, there's a, a real opportunity here to help people as well as just grow a business. So, so when you're equipping a home to help with these types of falls and stuff like that, um, what kind of things are you doing there? But before you get into that, what are the stats? Do you have, do you know the stats on that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So just a simple stat is basically one in four seniors falls every year. Right. So that's pretty much the, the going rate. And so I think as of like five years ago, that was like 50 million falls annually. And now I think that's slated to go up to like 80 million. Wow. Um, so that's that's a lot. Right. And so there's definitely a, a, a need for this to be addressed. And, you know, for for us, you know, if, uh, you know, if, you know, in your your middle ages or, or younger kids, you know, a fall probably is not a big deal, but you know, when you're 65, 70, 80 years old, you know, a fall can, can mean a lot, right? Yep. It's going to incapacitate you or, you know, lead to an injury that we're, you know, eventually could lead to death. I mean, that's, that's what happened in my family. I, I know my grandfather, he had his own business. He worked until he was, uh, 88 and then, uh, he had a fall. And, uh, after that fall, it was just seemed like one issue after another. And, you know, within about a year he was, he was gone. So oh, wow. yeah, it's a real, it's a real thing for sure. So you have a really powerful story behind why you are passionate about helping seniors and you actually chose the business you went into to facilitate that, that big, why, how does that sh affect how you show up every day in your business? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely gives us a, a different focus, right? So instead of just focusing on the bottom line, we can focus on just helping people, right? And and the rest of it kind of just happens, right? So if we if we focus on just helping people, how do we, you know, make people safer? How do we get their house in, in working order? Um, maybe how do we even do just regular maintenance for them? So that's another thing. It's not always about just safety modifications. Sometimes it's just getting in the house and helping people, uh, on a monthly basis so that they're not having to do things that they shouldn't have to do. So that's the other aspect to it as well. So, um, and it's, it, it is a joy, right? So this past week we've been helping, um, a lady who's blind and has osteoporosis. So she has a lot of challenges in terms of moving around her house, as well as if she does have a fall, you know, what that can mean to her. So, um, but just being able to do that, um, it really gives you a lot of joy. And I know my staff that does it is the same thing, right? They, they know that, Hey, we're helping somebody. It, it makes it easier to get up in the morning and, and go about your day for sure. What kind of things are you guys equipping homes with to help with this? Yeah. So there's, there's all types of things. So, um, typically our process is we'll go out with a, a client and do kind of a safety assessment. And so we'll assess the entirety of the house, um, 
big big picture things that we're looking for is bathrooms. Bathrooms are notoriously have issues in terms of falls, um, as well as entry points um, and doorways and so forth. So those are probably the biggest uh, things that we can kind of look at first. Um, and then after that, it could be, you know, uh, hallways, doorways, could be lighting. Lighting's a big thing oh, yeah. as well. Um, it could be flooring modifications as well. But there's a lot of things in the bathrooms in terms of accessibility, you know, getting in and out of the shower or bathtub, uh, your toilet situation, um, your doorways, um, in terms of if you have stairs that lead into the house or stairs in the house itself. You know, how do we address those and, and getting up and down those stairs, whether it be, you know, with a full chair or just, you know, some additional railings or ramps or those type of things. So um, there's a lot of different things. There's, there's a lot of a lot of different things. And they don't all have to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Some of them can be pretty simple things that we can do, you know, for even hundreds of dollars that can make people a lot safer. And I know a lot of people will hold off on holding or even calling repair people because they're just nervous about the cost of it. So that's really great to hear that cost isn't doesn't have to be astronomical. Something I'm curious about, though, in the world of, of construction handyman repairs is I remember when I was running my real estate business, handyman was one of the number one requests from people. And I almost could never refer it out because I couldn't find a handyman that would continue to show up and I know a lot of people feel that frustration you call a handyman he comes out he does something then you can never get a hold of him again how do you deal with that as the owner of a business that works in that trade yeah no, that's a great question so um you know I mentioned my background and so when I came into this and we're, we're two years old at this point so when I first came into it it wasn't the first two weeks I heard story after story from clients saying yeah, I had this guy and he showed up for day one and then he didn't show up anymore. Or uh, he took my money and never showed up. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, he was there and then all of a sudden the price went from 500 to 1200 right? So unfortunately, our industry is not very good at that. We're just not, we're not accountable. Um, and so when we started our business, I sat down with my guys, and, you know, we thought through and said, hey, we're gonna have to be different if we're gonna, if we're gonna do this right. Um, if we're going to work with seniors, we've got to be more accountable than other people. Um, and just in general, we've got to basically uh, be different. Um, and so that's just in our nature at this point. But I tell all my guys, like from when they're out there doing the job, look for one thing that's going to be what I call exceed expectations. Right. So mm -hmm. this is the goal of the job. And then every time we do a job, which we're tasked with trying to find one thing to exceed expectations. And that could be from a customer service standpoint, having a conversation, being nice. It could be we're actually physically going to do something. Hey, you know, I noticed your doorknobs are kind of loose. I'm going to go ahead and take care of that for you while I'm here. Um, whatever. So that's just in our DNA. And that's that's the way we approach everything. And how do you hold them accountable from the, the management perspective to that? Yeah, so uh, we have weekly meetings uh, to talk through that. Um, we also have reviews. Um, so you can look through our reviews online, but we basically have five-star reviews across the board. If we don't get a five-star review, that's something that we'll all review with our technicians just to make sure we're all understand, okay, this is what some of the feedback we had and so forth. We learn from it and get better, right? Um, so we, we go through that process. Um, but the biggest thing is, is just making part of your culture. Once you make it a part of your culture, it just happens. I yeah. love that yeah. kind of 
pulling them back to the why you're doing this, which is to help people. And I think that's that's what a lot of business owners struggle with. If they haven't really clearly defined their the reason they're in business with their employees, there's really no base to build a culture around. Have you experienced that, Michael? Uh, I have. I have. I would say that's that's true. I, I um, we're we're pretty small, but places I've worked at before, culture was a lot. That's that's why I left there. <laughs> <laughs> good leadership is is Absolutely. seems like it's harder and harder to find. I'm not quite sure what's going on, but we don't want to take the time. Um, Nate, so when you guys you guys do business just a little bit differently where you guys are at, and you went through some of that already, but um, you guys build by the job, not by the hour, right? Yeah, and again, it's it's all about accountability and transparency. So you know, I mentioned some of those complaints that I hear from people, but a lot of it is you know lack of transparency. So when we we show up for a job uh, or an estimate, you know, when I build out an estimate, it's always built out. Hey, we're going to accomplish X, Y, and Z, and it's going to cost this much, right? It's not. Hey, we're going to show up to, on, on on Monday, and you know, if it takes us five hours, it's this amount. It's, we don't, we don't do it that way because we don't we want that risk to be on us. So if it takes us two days and I only thought it was going to take one, well, that's that's on me as the estimator, right? Um, it's not on the client. So that's how we bill everything, um, build everything. Again, it's just from accountability standpoint, it's built into our culture, and and that's that's the way we do it. You also the your workers are your employees, right? They're not subcontractors. That is true. Yep. So a lot of a lot of people uh, in my industry, you know, they're just hiring ten ninety nine employees or contractors, subbing things out. We don't do that. I would say, of of all the jobs in two years, ninety nine point five percent have all been my, my staff. And again, that helps with the accountability. So you have the accountability of being an employee that has to report to me, um, which drives that. And then also even within the franchise, right? So I have a franchise that I report to. So we have to be accountable to them that we're representing the franchise uh, well as well. So real quick, just out of curiosity, what's the biggest type of job you guys can handle? Yeah, so um, we do some remodeling jobs. Uh, I would say like the biggest that we feel comfortable with and that we've done already would be like um, uh, bathroom models. We've done several bathroom models um, and we'll continue to do those. We've done a lot of office conversions. Mm -hmm. um, so we're actually building out new walls and so forth, moving some HVAC, moving some electrical in those cases. Um, those are probably the biggest thing. If, if somebody needs like, uh, you know, an addition put onto their house, that's, that's really not our thing. We don't have that ex expertise. That's um, a big job there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, a lot of cosmetic types things we can, we can definitely handle, um, which is the majority of what people are, are looking to do. So, so when, uh, materials that you guys need for, to do the job, is that included in your bids? It is, yes. So um, sometimes we'll have some clients that want to get their own materials, which is fine. But I would say 95% of the time we're burning the materials with us. Um, we try and kind of be, you know, more of a premium level, not your neighborhood handyman that just kind of shows up and, and does the job. We're actually scoping everything out for you, figuring out the proper materials that, that you need um, and then bringing those to the job. Yeah. We'll save you money in the long run. Right. Yeah. Uh, so community efforts, I know you guys do, you guys do something pretty regular. What, do, what are you guys doing with the community? Yeah. So just to, to give back, you know, we'll talk to uh, our clientele as well as just kind of our network within our, our company. And we try and do uh, one basically charity type job every quarter. Um, and so that could be, you know, just home maintenance for somebody could be home repairs, um, we did one for uh, a blind lady, uh, last quarter 
who needed, you know, some different door modifications, some drywall repair and so forth. So we're just out there looking for people of need. Um, and that's, you know, organic and it just happens, you know, God brings us these things and they just, they just happen. And so, uh, we just kind of keep a lookout for those type of activities and we always struck, we always get one at least once a quarter. So cool. If folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, you can uh, check out our website. Um, so it's uh, truebluehousecare.com. So it's T-R-U-B-L-U-E housecare.com. That's the best way to find out about us. And then all of our contact information is on there. Cool. So you did, uh, Heather, you did real estate for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And you touched on a little bit when it comes to the handyman services. And it, I've dealt with that too, where I think the antici- or the expectation of a handyman is a guy that kind of does it himself and it's going to be kind of hit or miss. It's, it's a bit unique to find a company that's got employees and they're doing it really on purpose. Oh yeah. I think my most notable story is I had hired a handyman to do some work on a house and it needed to be done to close per the guidelines of the loan type they were getting. And um, I called him to check on Friday, didn't hear from him, couldn't get a hold of him all weekend, couldn't find another handyman to quote it, heard from him on Monday. And he was like, oh, I was in jail. Oh, nice. (laughs) And I was like, I still need you to do the work. Thankfully, it was an empty house. But I mean, that's one of the big struggles I feel like with, with a lot of the trades is they get into it and, and they're here to do work. And I feel like it's it's not so much malicious. It's just one thing leads to another and there's so much demand that all of a sudden everyone's calling them and they have to decide what they're going to do. You can get a little overwhelmed and without leadership, it kind of all falls apart and then all of a sudden nobody wants to work with them because they've burned everybody. So I think that's great that you specifically are leaning into the culture with your team and you're hiring them as employees. So it's no longer on them. It's kind of on you to teach them how to do it per your company expectations. And then you can communicate that to the customer. There's a big difference between being a handyman and being a handyman company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I always try and take that burden away from my guys. So my goal is always to make it as easy as possible for them. So when they show up, they're ready to roll. So I already have the materials for them. They grab the materials in the morning. They show up for the job, right? And so that, that again, it's accountability. So I'm accountable to them. They're accountable to the work. Um, but, yeah, it makes things go a lot, sm- a lot smoother. If they can focus on just the job itself and not have to focus on the next job or getting the next lead or whatever, you know, everything goes a lot smoother. So, yeah, and, and I would agree. You know, we, we're a handyman company, but we're not the typical handyman that you see in your neighborhood. Um we do work with a ton of, of real estate agents because of that, because they recognize, wow, this is a professional group that I can call and, and I know it's going to get done. Right. And it's not, it's not, Hey, I can't reach somebody and, and so forth. So realtors love, love working with us. What's a recent challenge that you've kind of struggled with, maybe wrestle with as an entrepreneur, as the business owner, um, that you're kind of, we're able to tackle pretty good just give us some insight on a challenge that you would have. in your Yeah. Industry. So like for us, like the challenge I'm going through right now is figuring out how to scale my business. And so, um, you know, when I opened two years ago, I had two technicians. Uh, we, we started doing work right away and, and kept those guys pretty busy. And as we started to, to, to get some momentum, we, we started growing last year. I added a third technician in February, a fourth technician in, in April, and we're still at four technicians as of right now, but we're trying to figure out how to scale. And I, I say that because um, it's basically me and, and those guys. And there's a point where like 
you know, I only have so much time to figure out how to network and, and, and chase down leads and get estimates and so forth. Those, those guys are all out, you know, doing the work itself. So how do we, how do we scale? How do we, you know, add additional uh, layers to the, the organization, maintain the culture and so forth. So that's kind of what I'm going through right now. Um, and then find, find the proper staff that's going to support that. So I love hearing that. <laughs> that's, that's a huge, like, question especially two years in that's where most entrepreneurs if they've made it that far they get to that point where it's like okay I've been hustling for two years to build my business and now I'm looking at how do I make this grow outside of myself so what's the first thing that you're working on toward that that goal to scale yeah so uh you know I have some some roles identified uh the first thing I did was I actually hired a virtual assistant to take some of the administrative load off of myself so that's been beneficial. I did that about a, a month ago now. Um, and then the, the next part, I think, for us is to really have somebody in the field managing the work itself so I can pull myself away from that everyday situation and, and focus on, on bigger picture things. So we're in the process of doing that. Um, I've, I've talked to my existing staff and said, hey, this is a need. I would love for one of you guys to take this role. Mm-hmm. You need to show me you know, over the next few months, can you do that type of role? Right. So that's kind of where we're at. And so, uh, you know, I hope one of them is going to step up and I, and I think we will, we'll see that, but, um, that's kind of where we're at. Well, we are actually over on time just a little bit, but it goes by fast, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We need to have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. As we wrap up the show, a quick reminder to check out our latest podcast and catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website, satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one. Good. All right.